Spooky scary podcast sends shivers down your spine. The Level Cap Podcast is Halloween right now or otherwise. Welcome everyone to this very spooky episode of the Level Cap Podcast recorded on Halloween for Halloween. I am your host, Marco DeSantos, also known as Mechanic Critic, and with me is a very special spooky guest from the ethers of an alternate time dimension. Everyone, say hello to Chris Solis. Hey, Marco. Thanks for having me. All right. Hi, Chris. Did I say your name correctly? You did. You did indeed say Chris correctly. That is my name. (laughs) no, your last name. Oh, a Solis is fine. Uh, if you want to go like full Spanish, it's Solis, but they're both correct. Solis. Oh, wait. Are you Spanish? Well, Hispanic, yeah. Oh, heck yeah, dude. We share a common heritage then. Oh, I guess you've never seen my face. It just occurred to me. I've seen your face. Have you? Okay. I've seen your face. Like, I, we're friends on Facebook. So, of course, I've seen your face. Oh, I guess that's true. But I have nothing but memes, so I wouldn't blame you if you did it. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I didn't know. Okay, so good to know that it's pronounced Solis or Solis. Uh, which one? Uh, it's fine either way. So Solis is fine. Okay, whatever. Well, I have a Spanish last name too, so there you go. Uh, hello, we're Spanish boys. The Spanish boys. <laughs> yeah, we're the Spanish boys. Um, a new boy band coming to you in 2018. Um, so there's only like a month left <laughs> for us to release. Um, welcome to the Level Cap Podcast. We have a wonderful docket for all of you tonight. It might not always be spooky, but it will be informative and talk about all things Level 99 or otherwise. So, Chris, have you been on the show before? You have, right? With that one episode where we had Brad? Yeah, I've been on it once when we were like talking about Temporal for the first time. For the first time ever. So this is, this is your return. The return of the Chris. This is, this is my return. I've lost uh, one instability card now I'm back. <laughs> oh my gosh. There you go, referencing your own game. We'll talk more about Temporal Odyssey later on. But for now, I want to know, let's move on to our first segment, also known as, what have you been doing? I have um, been doing a couple things. I had a cool Halloween, a Marvel-themed costume for my Halloween party. And uh, we did a Guardians of the Galaxy thing. It was awesome. I had a Star-Lord costume. And we did a photo shoot. And other than that, uh, we've been, I've been on the Smash Bros. Ultimate hype train. And it's going very, very fast right now. So that's the only... Choo-choo. Th- yeah, I've been consuming that, like, immediately at all times. I heard there was an upcoming Direct. Um, was it today or tomorrow? I forgot. It is the day after Halloween, November 1st, and it is at 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, and it will be the earliest all the nerds rise. So. Oh, my it, gosh. <laughs> it's, 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 it's almost like church. Everyone's going to gather and witness. Oh, Witness um, the things that your uh, Lord and Savior, uh, I forget the, who the creator of Smash Bros. is. We call him Daddy Sakurai. It's not Sakurai. Miyamoto. <laughs> Daddy Sakurai. It's not Miyamoto. Sakurai, there you go. Daddy Sakurai will come in, Father Sakurai, if you will, will come in and be like, here is the word, and you will all accept it, I guess, into your hearts. Uh, what are you expecting from the the... The direct. They're gonna definitely tell us all the remaining characters. They said there's they're gonna tell us all the characters before the game comes out, and I'm sure they're gonna go through any untalked feature. Like we don't know about online play or what single player modes there are, um, but mainly characters. And there's a lot of speculation regarding leaks and what that is. 
and it's going to be like 40 minutes long. So there's going to be a oh, lot wow. of content that's 40 minutes and then hours of gameplay after. So they're just going to definitely dump all the content on you hard and then um, make you wait uh, a month. Um, oh my gosh. For you guys. For yeah. you guys. Like we might get a network test, so that's like a low key demo, and that would be fantastic. Uh-huh. But so you know, I'm really excited. I like characters. Who do you Who do you want? Who's your top character for Smash Bros? I want Banjo Kazooie. I need to complete my '90s childhood, and I need to play as Banjo and Kazooie. Oh, so do you want them to be like a, a tag team character, or like? Oh yeah, like you want them as separate? No, no, they they, they always come as a package, right? They're they always, always in a package. a package. Yeah, in their game, they always work together. And they're already, their moves are already inherent to platformers, so it's actually really easy. Like, if you played Banjo Kazooie before, you would know immediately. Like, this needs to be in there. And the, I feel like the only reason those characters aren't in the game already is because you know the Microsoft buyout and all that nonsense from before. Um, yeah, Rare owns them. Blah 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 blah. Right. Yeah, but there's a lot of reasons to suspect that Microsoft is cooperating. I guess we'll find out. Oh. I mean, look. I mean, they got King K. Rule in there, right? So who knows? Yeah, for sure. Who knows? Who knows? I want Goku in <laughs> just because I'm such a weeb. I want Goku to be in there. What do we? we um, we need to put. Um, if they have another Smash Ballad, we need to put Brad in there. Maybe we can get Brad in the Smash Bros. Why would we need Brad? We can already put Brad in Smash Bros. as one of the me fighters, right? <laughs> yeah, but he needs his own move set. He can like throw Millennium Blade cards at you or something. Oh no! You know what we should do? We should just put all the BattleCon characters in. You know what? I want Yugi Moto from Yu-Gi-Oh as a Smash Bros. character. I would main him. That would be amazing. I would main that guy so freaking hard. Which reminds me, Jump Ultimate Stars or Jump Stars, whatever that that new jump game on the PS4 is. Yeah, that game looks like an unrendered PS2 game, but I want to play it because Yugi's in it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the only reason, right? Is, the only is reason. Yugi's in it. How did they mess up the graphics on that so hard? Like, couldn't they just steal the shader engine they used for Arc Systems Dragon Ball Fighter Z? Like, I feel like, I mean, there was Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. They dropped the ball on that somehow too, right? Like, that that oh. that's like a management issue if it ends up looking that way. I don't know, but I don't understand. Oh, cool. I don't understand how somebody couldn't say no. You know, so. I I don't know. Maybe it's because like you know, anime fans are so rabid they'd buy it anyway. That's true. I mean, like, look, if the next Smash Brothers sucked, you'd still buy it. I I bet. I would, but I would weep. But I would. Yes, but you would still buy it, and therefore they have won, Chris. They have won. Well, you know, I feel that way about Star Fox games because Star Fox is one of my favorite franchises, but I get betrayed every time a new one comes out. So, you know. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. It's kind of like an abusive relationship. Um, I'm so. surprised. Star Fox still exists. Yeah. Is it still a game series? What? Yeah, I mean, they made Star Fox Zero a couple years ago, and um, it was a tragedy. There's the new Star Fox thing that's not even a Star Fox game right now, right? That, Starlink? or what? Yeah, Starlink. That game that cameos Fox is the best Star Fox game we've had in decades. And uh, That's sad. Yeah, that's absolutely sad. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Chris, do you want to know what I've been doing? What have you been up to? I've been listening to my new favorite band called Hypnosis Mike. Oh. And this is a concept that I think our listeners will know. They know my interests. And they know I have a penchant for boy bands. And I have found one of the greatest boy bands to have ever graced the earth. What if we made a fake band 
You know, kind of like how Gorillaz is a fictional band that is real, yeah. right? Because Gorillaz is like supposedly four uh, characters, and um, but in reality, it's actually just two people with like guests coming in every time mm-hmm. to either do instruments or uh, do some <laughs> of the rap parts, right? Mm-hmm. So what if we took that concept of having a virtual fake band and we expanded it into boy band territory idol groups? So not only is this a fake band, it's actually four fake bands that create an entire 12-person group. They have evolved. They have evolved. It's a Okay, so here's the concept. There are four bands with three members each. Each of these bands um, is actually a rap group. Okay? Oh, wow. A, a rap group. And the entire concept of Hypnosis Mike is taking combinations of these four bands and having them rap battle each other. So you have fictional anime boys rap battling each other by through voiced anime characters. There you go. That's the entire concept, and it is the best thing that has ever graced on me because it takes place in an alternate universe to Earth. It's not, it's not, it doesn't happen on Earth. They're not the real boy band on Earth. They're fake boy band on alternate Earth. Let me read you the story of Hypnosis Mike. In a world where women now dominate the government, the creation and use of weapons is strictly forbidden. However, by no means has conflict been brought to an end. Instead of weapons, war is waged through words. With the power of the hypnosis mic, lyrics can affect one's opponent in various ways and cause real damage. Those in the divisions outside the women-only choward thus use it for fierce rap battles as their weapon in the constant clash for territory. So I kid you not, this entire freaking thing is about how gangs use rap as proxy wars in order to fight for territory outside the main capital of the government. Wow. That's it. Th- that's the concept of this entire thing. And I love it so much. Is, is it new? This is a thing? Like, that's, that's wild. It just, it just, I don't know. I just found out about it like two weeks ago and I'm losing my mind over it. Now listening to like songs that are just all 12 of the, all 12 of the boys singing. And then there's like songs wherein one group is rap battling against another group. Each boy has a solo song. They have (laughs) drama CDs that talk about the lore of the world. I, 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 each, each band has a song that only they sing with each other and it's like oh my gosh it's so and there's like a boy for every demographic you know each boy has like you know there's like a group that's just filled with teenagers there's like one of them is just a bunch of working class people the other one's like oh they're a bunch of criminals and the other one's like oh they're just a bunch of hip boys from this like trendy town i don't know i just have a thing for rap Japanese rap and this is this is heaven to me so that's what I've been doing listening to Hypnosis Mike thank you you're welcome listener that's amazing man grace like yeah I gotta check that out that's pretty wild is it yeah, 2D it is. animated or like 3D characters no 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 so it's 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 not even 2D animated right it is literally just anime pictures it's not even like animated to be like an anime it is just like still images <laughs> Oh, wow. So still images, but that's mainly the song. So it's like an album. Okay. 
So that pretty much is does it with what we've been doing. I hope all of you enjoyed us shooting the breeze about the stuff that we're excited about. You know, Chris loves Smash Bros. I love Japanese rap bands. That's ultimately all this is about. But let's move on to the next segment, also known as the Pipeline, where we ask Chris about the things he does for Level 99 games and maybe pry deeper into the crevices of his mind. Chris, allow me to probe you for some information. Let's go. All right, Chris. So remind us, what do you do for Level 99 games exactly? So um, I'm officially a publicist. I My core thing is to book the conventions, uh, do the organized play, uh, do a lot of Facebook posts and content. Uh, you do a lot of that too. But yeah, it's mainly the conventions. Like we've been trying to do like what, 10 to 12 conventions a year now, up from like the three before. So all the logistics that goes into that and making sure that you know, it, it works out financially and it's effective and it's getting the products to new audiences and all that. Uh, that's that's yeah. my job. That's uh, That is the line. I also do a couple other things. I do, like design uh, games? I like like design games. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I, I did Temporal and I'm on a secret project now. So I'm working on that and, uh, you know, at some point that project will be revealed in the future. Is this 99 Heroes? I don't think that's secret anymore. Oh, that's right. We talked about it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah, 99 Heroes. Can, can you give us a brief, like, two-sentence explanation of what 99 Heroes is? Jeez, oh, I mean, okay, so this is this is like a pre-alpha build, just to be clear. So this is subject to change completely. But um, the idea was to have, like, a quote-unquote MOBA-like experience on tabletop. And what that means to me is this sensation of uh, big team fights and having to do things on the map as a team, or when to split as a team. So... Um, this is a game with a map um, that plays up to six players, and you will complete uh, various objectives and also try to knock each other out. That's about as much as I can say right now, but it definitely has more of a party vibe as opposed to like a quote-unquote serious thing like Exceed. You know, like the maps will be different and have different interactions. They will be asymmetrous, so um, the win condition is is different depending on what map you're playing on. Um, that's cool. So it's kind of like in, in Overwatch or Team Fortress where it's like capture the flag or push the payload or something like that. Yeah, that might be a defending team. That might be an offensive team. And uh, all that is subject to the map. So you pick your characters, you pick a map, and you will have a completely different experience um, based on that. And there will be maps for different player counts as well. So like if you wanted to do the 2v2 map or the 1v3 map or whatever, um, those are all tied to the map and the mechanics the map brings with it. That's awesome. And let's make us very, very clear. It's called 99 Heroes because it's like our version of Heroes of the Storm. Yes, it where is. Where all, all the characters are from our IPs. Yeah. And uh, again, this is a prototype name, but uh, there are three characters from each IP. So there will be like the seventh cross characters. And you'll have like, you have the three characters from that series. You have an offensive, you have a defensive, and you have a support from 7 Cross, and there'll be other three characters from a different series. Like, let's say there's Temporal Odyssey characters, and that'll be their team. Um, of course, you can mix and match and just go crazy. Of course. But uh, they of are course. designed as a group, so that way if you wanted to play as an IP, you can, and each IP will have its own core mechanic. Um, but mixing and matching is fun. That's that's wonderful. I do hope whatever the Indian's IP is has something related to, like, simultaneous attack selection. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, I think or- that... Uh, I think that you'll be... You're going to have a good time when you get there. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Magic numbers. Everyone's a brawler. 
That's good to know. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm really disappointed in one thing, because I thought 99 Heroes was supposed to be our Smash Brothers, not our HOTS. Chris, Chris, the Smash fan in you is very disappointed that this isn't just Smash Brothers. Well, I'll reveal this. Uh, it, it kind of is in this sense. Um, it does follow this design philosophy of the character's kit that you play is tight and well-balanced and considered uh, like in a competitive atmosphere. Like this is, this is a thing that is solid and balanced. And then the map, I'm telling you, you bring your characters into the map with various settings. That's where the insanity comes from. And um, the unpredictability or the situation. And that's really where most of the fun is. So if you wanted to play on a simple oh. map and just like, you know, Final Destination and equivalent. If you wanted to just micro each other in some battlefield, um, you could. But the fun is mixing that connection with your character's kit and dealing and adapting to the situations of the map and uh, that interaction. You know, that's why people like Smash mm. Brothers and. Uh, we're, we're, I'm getting that essence and putting it into this game. Um, that's what I mean by that. All right, that's good to know. Okay, so we've we've gone over designer Chris. Let's talk about con Chris. I heard that we're going to a con uh, this weekend. If you're listening to this podcast right now, this coming weekend, we're going to be at the convention. Which one is it? Want to plug it? Please plug it. Yeah, I will. So actually, I will be out of town for almost an entire month um, because uh, we have three conventions this month. The first one is Yomacon. It's a large anime convention in Detroit, and we're going to be there in full force with a team of seven. We're going to, of course, have our vendor booth, and um, but we also have a complete demo team uh, in the tabletop room. They're going to be running demos of Exceed and Temporal Odyssey just all day. So you can go there, play games, and then uh, come check out the Level 99 Games booth. So that's going to be uh, huge. If you go to Yomacon, in your swag bag, you will get two free BattleCon Online characters. So uh, that's going to be a big... Who are they? Who uh, are they? Um, Jesus. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Hikaru and Cadenza. Am I saying that right? Is that his name? Yeah. Bro, okay. 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 Yeah, no. It's Cadenza. It's, it's, it's like the musical notations. Cadenza. Cadenza. Okay. So you get those two characters and two alternate costumes from them uh, if you go to Yomacon. And, uh, you know, uh, we expect to see a huge... Uh, increase in BattleCon online player base because of that. Yeah. Thanks for making my job harder, Chris. Good to know. Oh, you're welcome. It's about to get a lot harder because we have another BattleCon online promotion. This one is Uh-oh. tied to NVIDIA. Uh, there's a website NVIDIA runs where they do promotions for uh, their game. And gamers can like sign up for a mailing list or whatever they're doing on their end. And then at the end of that exchange, they can get a BattleCon on the same the same deal. They can get the two characters and the two costumes. So we're gonna have another huge chunk of BattleCon online influx because of that promotion. Uh, and finally, it's gonna combo with ranked play. We don't have a date for ranked play yet, but it's coming up very soon. So we hope to get these new players and cultivate them into this ranked play and make BattleCon online grow like really fast. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. just Yomacon. Uh, following and Nvidia. Oh my gosh. Nvidia. Uh, following, uh, I, we will be at DreamHack Atlanta. We entered their indie game festival. You enter games. We entered many games, and we got picked for two of them. And um, <clears throat> in a digital strategy game, we got in for BattleCon Online. So we're gonna have a BattleCon Online booth. 
people, uh, new gamers at um, DreamHack will be able to come and check it out. And uh, we made a whole new booth kit for this. So this booth only is for BattleCon Online. You can go there and play it. And uh, if you do, you get some, some promo stuff. And uh, again, even more players for BattleCon Online. Why are you making my job so hard? <laughs> <laughs> the second, we actually got a second game in at DreamHack. Uh, the tabletop section and a temporal odyssey made it into dream hack so hey we, congrats thank you i was i was stoked uh so we have two booths at dream hack that's wild so uh, how are you gonna manage <laughs> oh um yeah we needed to get the the squad together in the team but um oh man it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of work but yeah we have two booths uh, for different games, and uh, we're really I meeting mean, a bunch of flyers to get the level 99 brand to new people, and really just try to expand it out. So that, yeah. So that's DreamHack. The last convention we're doing in this month is PAX Unplugged. Uh, you know, um, it's PAX. It's great. Second PAX Unplugged. Last year was pretty good, and uh, the convention's expected to see a lot of growth. We want to be there at the ground floor, and uh, the whole team will be there. Uh, at PAX Unplugged, we are having official tournaments for all the organized play games. So if you go play in those in those tournaments, you'll you'll get a ton of organized play points because it's an official event for those titles. Can we just make it clear that these games are BattleCon, Exceed, Pixel Tactics, as well as Temporal Odyssey? Yes. Oh, actually, a bonus: we are doing um, a Noir Automa tournament. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's super random, but um, again, it's uh, it's packs. We have that game with them as the license of their comic, so we are having an um an Automa event. We did that last year. It was actually really successful. So people, man, it's, I mean, it's fun to see Noir. people meta that game. Like it's intense. Yeah, dude, Noir is like a great game. I love playing that game. Yeah, me so. too. It's so good. Yeah, it's fun. You know, we we always had the joke that we would always kill the. Uh, we would always kill a specific character first, regardless of what happened. Because <laughs> we like we just pick one as the scapegoat, and we were like, "Kill this guy first. Why? Because we don't like this guy." And like, it doesn't matter whether like there was any strategy to it or whatever. They were just like, "Yeah, let's just kill that guy all the time." Did, so did that cost yeah. you the game once? Um, it has won me a game once because that guy ended up being somebody's identity at the start. Wow. <laughs> That's so dumb. I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah. Any more stuff? Any more conventions? So you have you have Yomacon, Yomacon, Yomacon. I I don't know. And you have Packs Unplugged and you have um Dreamhack. Anything else? I mean, I guess that's it for November. So, <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. You yeah. sound like you're gonna be dead at the end of November. I, I am gonna be dead at the November. But when I return on my plane, I will be graced with Smash Brothers Ultimate. So it's going to be worth it. Ah, that's that's great. So who are you planning to main in Smash Brothers Ultimate, by the way? Like, based on this current cast. Uh, Ganondorf, for the same reason I liked uh, uh, the genie guy in Battlecon um, Unleashed when we played. He's you just like... like punching things. He's just the stomping grounds, and, you know, you just get a good read or two and devastate somebody. That's just the kind of player I am. Isn't that Bowser, though? Or is it... Is it more Ganondorf? Huh. It's more Ganondorf. Ganondorf comes with a nice, uh, a nice dose of disrespect, and that's you mean Warlock Punch? Yeah, or like uh, you can grab, you can do his command grab and like pull it back and like suicide him off the map. And sometimes you can get like kills at like zero, like actually zero, and then people, it's fun. So, 
Understandable, understandable. All right, all right. So that pretty much does it for the pipeline as well, where we talk about some cool upcoming things for Level 99 games. It's really fun to have Chris over because he can finally talk about real-life events. Because um, none of the other people in the office like can speak about this kind of stuff. Like, not even Brad, because it's like, Brad's like, ah, oh, that's Chris's job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. So, and um, it allows Brad and friends to just make more games. Like, I think that you may have noticed that there's just more level 99 games coming out and if the whole team is out of the office less often and we're reaching new people that's you know that's that's what it's about right so like battlecon unleash was huge it was awesome and i I think we can still grow a lot more heck yeah because i think at the end of the day all of our jobs are essentially just taking jobs from brad so that brad can just spend more time designing games and managing the company you know what i mean yeah like because because my job as community manager is essentially just do the stuff so that Brad doesn't have to worry about it, right? Yeah. And your job is essentially the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, yeah. for sure. Teamwork. Get the thing done. Teamwork! Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's move on to our last segment, also known as 99 Questions, where I take the seeds of your questions, shove them into Chris's brain, and let it grow into beautiful flowers of knowledge upon which you can suck the nectar of answers. <laughs> Chris, are you ready? Wow. Chris, are you ready? Because you have to understand that I've spent a good chunk of my teenage life writing horrible fan fiction. So these metaphors are coming at you really hard. They are, and uh, that was quite crafting. So, yeah, hit me with the questions. Let's go. All right. Question numero uno. What is Mr. F? Who is he? Why is he a sunflower? What is up with Mr. F? Is he dating someone? <laughs> so, uh, quick background. I asked the Discords if they had any questions for Chris Solis specifically about Temporal Odyssey or conventions. And I kid you not, at least six questions were all about Mr. F. So, um, please answer all of these questions. So, just think about Mr. F. First of all, he's been so wildly popular that I started using him on like, all the banners just because everyone talks about Mr. F. And uh, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to answer these questions. I'll tell you a little thing about Mr. F that's, that's awesome, too. So Mr. F is a scientist from his world. And in his world, all life that he knows is plant-based. They're all like him. They just are plants, right? So mm-hmm. when he comes across the power of time travel and he visits another realm and sees flesh-based life, he's completely disgusted and repulsed. And he sees it as an infection and a mutation. So I see. So, I mean, he's already a, a malicious scientist. So now that he understands his power, he wants to to purge the world of that. He, you know, we're like the Zerg to him. Like it's just disgusting. You know, ah, like we're okay. Inefficient. So, so he, he's he's like he's like an like in those shows with the robots that are like humans are inefficient and disgusting creatures. Yeah, uh, but he's like a plant. He's like a plant, and it's more about like flesh-based life as opposed to like humans or robots, you know. And um, if he wants to, you know, win the timeline, so then he can he can change that and eradicate all flesh-based life forever, and put plants everywhere. And he's kind of like ego from Guardians of the Galaxy too. Now I think about it, you know, just like oh, <laughs> obviously, and I, I, that was not intentional, but like you know, the idea he wants to put himself. And his people in this space and remove this this disgusting filth. 
Um, okay. okay. He's definitely malicious, and a lot of his attacks are about that. And you can see that in the flavoring. He is a sunflower because, I mean, like the design answer is a juxtaposition because it's funny, evil sunflower. Um, but the real answer is when I was a teenager and I went to Great America and I won a toy sunflower. And the exact backstory I just told you is something we just made up on a whim because we're having a good time. Like, oh, dude, this is Mr. F. He's an evil scientist. He's going to erase all human life and stuff like that. And so Mr. F has existed for decades. And um, then at some point I was like, you know what? I'm going to put him in my card game. I'll put Mr. F in this card game. I still have that Mr. F. He's in my car. Oh my gosh, I need pictures of this. Please. <laughs> I'll send you send a picture. me pictures. And send me a picture of this, and that will be the art for this episode of the podcast. <laughs> okay, I will. It's just like the same color and everything. Like, it's Mr. F. Oh. Original I I original character. Do not steal. I, I don't have a picture of this, but I had this like I had this lamp while growing up. It's like a tall standing lamp, and I wrapped Mr. F around it. And as I got more flowers, I don't know why this became a thing to get like these foam flowers. I wrapped it around it. So at some point, I had this huge, like, green growth that was a light and Mr. F's head on the top in my room. That was my light. And uh, so Mr. F has always existed as you see him now, really. Oh, wow. <laughs> such such deep lore. Uh, but you didn't answer the most important question, though. Which is? Is he dating someone? Oh. So unfortunately, there's no Mrs. F yet. Um, he is searching the cosmos for... for hey, oh, hey, it could be another Mr. F. Who knows? Like, no judge here, right? Fair enough. Um, he can definitely find another Mr. F. Uh, or, uh, you know, gender neutral F. But, uh, you know, whatever he likes. But uh, he is available. So if you're interested, um, I, I'll send you his number. Uh, but the, the the problem is that most of the people listening to this are flesh-based life forms, and I highly doubt that Mr. F would want to date any of them. Yeah, that's a problem. He, he will find you disgusting. But if you are a yeah. plant, please inquire. If you are a plant-based life form listening to this episode of the podcast, welcome. And we hope that you and Mr. F do hit it off very well, despite the fact that he might be a malicious evil scientist. All right. Are you ready for the next question, Chris? Yes. Any word on more crossover characters for Temporal Odyssey? Maybe from some other time travel games? Time travel card games? Who knows? Hmm, um, you know, that's a, a question that I guess we'll have an answer for in due time. Uh, once we get an assessment for like where Temporal is and the market and all that stuff, you know, I, I can figure out how to move forward. Now, regarding do I want to, the answer is absolutely yes. And uh, have a lot of original traveler ideas that are fun. And I think a couple good crossover opportunities. Uh, we just need to get the reach to make that happen. I see. So here's the big question. Who is your dream? Who is the dream time traveler character, guest character, that you will put into Temporal Odyssey? Pick one. Wow. I could pick any time traveler. Now, I mean, like, doesn't have to be a time traveler, but I assume that all of the characters in Temporal Odyssey have to be time travelers of some sort, right? Okay, I'll pick a time traveler, then I'll pick a non-time traveler. Okay, can I do that? Is that okay? I mean, I, I don't know. It's your game. <laughs> like, does a playable character in Temporal Odyssey have to be a time traveler? If you're if you're a traveler, you got to be a time traveler. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, so we're talking about travelers here. We're talking about main playable characters, not just characters that you can recruit. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be it. You gotta be a time traveler. Um, okay. So so who would you put there? If I can as pick a playable traveler, any IP from anything in existence, I. Probably like Rick and Morty. That'd be fun. Oh, you would put Rick. Yeah, you can do a lot of fun things like that. 
Like, ironically, you can't do that because Rick's not a time traveler. You're right. Wow, I can't. I can't use Rick and Morty. Wow. Yeah, dude. It's explicitly in the show the, that they you're right. never you do sh- time travel. You travels. shut me down. Oh, wow, you're right. I'm sorry. I ruined your dreams. <laughs> you ruined my dreams. Wow. I should have <laughs> known that. I'm, I'm ashamed to be a fan now. You're right. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, so so who's second? Who's second then? If not Rick and Morty? Yeah, yeah, I think it's like Link or something, you know. <laughs> Link would be really fun. Link would be great. Yeah, Ocarina of Time Link. Yeah, I would like that. Couple- you know what? We could do a compromise and just put Doc and Marty instead. Doc and they're Marty. actually they're actually time travelers. Yeah. That would be fun. Back to yeah, the future. Back to the future. They have the DeLorean as their tower. Regarding, like, non-time travelers, I would want to put some... If I was going to put a non-time traveler as quote-unquote a traveler in the game, it would be definitely from level 99 in some way, so then we can get characters we're familiar with and other properties. I think crossing things up is always a lot of fun. But one thing I wouldn't do is give them the same, like, defeat mechanic. They would have to play completely differently since they're not a traveler. And that's something I've been thinking about, just to make it fun and mix it up. Oh, so somebody who... Like, changes the way the game is played entirely. Yeah. Like, they're, even more so than Pritchard. Yeah, because... Pritchard changes the game a lot. So. He does, but he still has the same rules as a traveler. He has to be destabilized yeah. and then defeated. So you should not have to do that if you're not a traveler, is what I'm saying. That's interesting. So maybe something along the lines of, like, this character has, like, 60 health instead, or something like that, right? Yeah, something that's really asymmetrical. And uh, I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So they don't even have instability. Like, you kill them once, they're done. Yeah, and that's like a huge nerf to artifacts. <laughs> so, like, you know, um, just a couple ideas. Like, none of this is, like, on paper or anything. But uh, my point is, is I, want, I like to stick to to thematic rules like that. Oh, that's so cool. I like that. I like that. And besides, even if it's a nerf to, like, artifacts, I mean, attacks gain, like, times three the efficiency, right? Yeah. So, yeah, because it's like there's only one life to this character, so who knows? All right, last question, Chris. We're almost done. Home stretch. Let's go. Okay. Why is the box for Temporal Odyssey such a weird size or dimension? It's it's very unique, right? Like the dimensions of this box are quite unique, and many people are asking why. That's a good question, and uh, this is the little minor production detour. Where originally the game is gonna be like a small box game, like a, like a the same box as um, like I can't even with these monsters or, or uh, cell swords, right? So yeah. it's just that box. But once we added double the classes, we just made it taller. <laughs> so we didn't make a new box; oh. we just got the mini game library box and made it taller to fit the content. And that's how we ended up at the temporal box. Um, yeah, we like the the size of the game is just uh, in in flux. You know, like is is the base classes enough? I mean, when we thought it wasn't, we added more classes, basically at the last minute, um, and the box just got taller. So there's more of a production reality. I see. So in reality, you had a normal sized box, and then you were like, "We need more. Let's just make it taller," and that's what happened. Yeah, we need more. <laughs> We need more. All right. Uh, I have to admit that it is a very interestingly sized box. I don't think I've ever seen a board game with that box size. So it's it's good to know that this is the reason behind that. Um, 
people are slightly sad that it's kind of weird to sh- fit in their shelves sometimes. Yeah. Because <laughs> all the other all the other boxes are like, you know, it's like too thick for a small box, but not big enough to be a, a standalone board game thing. So it's like kind of weird. Like it's not as big as any of the Battlecon boxes, but it's definitely bigger than all of the Pixel Tactics boxes. <laughs> so it's kind of like in that weird limbo between big box and small box. Um, I think we just made a mid box game. Can we just call it that? Like mid box or medium box or I, I don't know. What do you want to call it? You invented this box size. Both so. simultaneously a small and a small big box. Big <laughs> small box. Chris, here's a question. Is it a small big box or a big small box? I think it's a small big box. Mm, I like that. I like that marketing. We should use that. <laughs> the first ever small big box game. That's how that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna move units. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely how we're gonna move units. Alright, that pretty much does it for our 99 questions where we ask Chris some pressing questions about plants, about characters as well as about boxes. And as much as I would like to keep shooting the breeze with my dear friend Chris Solis, Solis, uh, I keep mispronouncing your last name, Solis? Solis, yeah, it's fine. Ah, whatever. Chris, we have to end this episode of the podcast because we both have lives to live. Oh, that's an assumption. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have no life outside of Smash Brothers and work? Is that it? Is that all there is to Chris Solis, Smash Brothers and work? Oh, no. 100% correct. I live. Breathe and eat Smash Brothers. I live on the cusp and graces of my wonderful Sakurai father. I, I'm uh, buying a new television and sound system to ensure the perfect release party. <laughs> Are you serious? I, I'm serious. I actually am, yeah. Holy heck, dude. That is awesome and at the same time, scary. We're having um, a pajama party, so you have to wear a Nintendo-themed like onesie. And we're going to have those sonic popsicles with the weird eyeballs. I bought them in bulk. It's going to be amazing. In bulk? <laughs> like, like the badly made sonic popsicles. Yeah. Not even Pikachu ones. Sonic popsicles. Because memes? Because of memes. I don't know where to get Pikachu popsicles. But we, we got to have sonic popsicles in, in onesies playing Smash Bros. Also, bought that, a Ganondorf that one. That sounds great. So... <laughs> That sounds absolutely great. Uh, and before we end, I would like to ask one more thing from you. How do you feel about Ganondorf becoming a sword fighter? Finally, I, I feel... Um, what's the word? Um, acknowledged. I feel acknowledged. Acknowledged. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. All you Ganondorf mains out there, Nintendo sees you, Sakurai sees you. All right, so that pretty much does it for this episode of the Up Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please give us a comment down below or share it with a friend. And if for some reason you listened to this entire thing and hated it with every fiber of your being, that's absolutely fine. Share it with your greatest enemy instead. That way, we still get reach. <laughs> as usual, it has been me, your host, Marco Santos, also known as Mechanicrick, and with me has been my amazing, awesome, and very smashy co-host, Chris Solis. There you go. And thank you so much for listening. Don't forget your special action. And thank you, World of Indians. Thank you, and good night. Good night. Chris, say happy gaming. Happy gaming. Happy gaming.